Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. Caritas. 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 I'm in a stern mood. <laughs> We're in a stern mood tonight. <laughs> and we have a guest with us tonight. Oh, what? Hey. Over here. <laughs> Where in the did far you corner? come from? <laughs> Steve Schroeder. Hey everyone. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're going to have a great yeah. conversation tonight. We don't know where this is going to go, yep. but we never do. One of those right. windy paths where you don't really see the end, but you know it's going to be good. <laughs> That's right. So if this podcast is encouraging to you, make sure to hit like and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, there's always that notification bell. Who's this guy? Did you find him somewhere? Yeah, found him on the side of the road. <laughs> he looked happy. <laughs> he looked happy. Hey, come on Thank our you. pod show. Appreciate that. <laughs> Pod show. That's what my dad calls it. Pod show. Your dad calls it a pod show. That's good. He's paying attention. It's got a good ring to it, really. It yeah. It's, don't try to be like everyone else. <laughs> no. So I've known Steve for a long time. Steve, I would say, is a friend and a mentor to me. Mm. And he carries an amazing father's heart. There's all kinds of things we could say about Steve, where he's been, where he's come from. He loves fly fishing. I do. Steve is one of those persons mm. who has done so many things in his lifetime. He's been on city council. Mm -hmm. He's been a pastor. Mm -hmm. Youth pastor. Youth pastor. Yay! <laughs> you got the energy for that. <laughs> Concert promoter. Concert promoter. Yeah, absolutely. Church planter. Church right planter. planter. Yeah. Did that. Life is full and it's yeah. to be experienced. Yeah. And currently Steve is the president of a ministerial association here in Canada called CMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is really where I know you from, although our friendship started 12 or 13 years ago now. I was yeah. kind of looking at the calendar. That's right. So we're here to talk about Jesus tonight, the Holy Spirit. We're here to let him guide us. So we have a question to get started, Steve. Oh, well, you guys start with something, you know, like, what was it? Oh, it's spring. And then you got all happy. And, hey. <laughs> Among our friends, I'm into something a little bit quirkily fun. Okay. There's a meme that's, that says, you know, what do Bible nerds do to get high? Okay. Right? And, and they do this. Oh. <laughs> You're a Bible sniffer. I'm a Bible sniffer. Exactly. Okay. And I'm trying, and, and I, and, and the reason I'm a Bible sniffer is because they just smell so good. But, Especially um, when they're new, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my friends said, we've been buying new Bibles, not just one. <laughs> which tells you we're a bit addicted to the Bible. Okay. And, and well, there is some sort of glue, of course, that they do hold the Bible. Oh, no, 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 no. This is different than glue. Oh, this is different than glue. Okay. Really different. And All it's right. a different high that you get. Okay. Right. But years and years ago, probably 45 years ago, I was in a youth meeting and Jack Hayford was there. And before he spoke, he pulled out his Bible and he, he kind of rubbed it and then opened it and then did this. Oh, I never forgot that. Yeah. He loved everything about the word. Mm. So getting back to this, the smelling of the Bibles. I <laughs> can't believe um, we're talking about this, but it's all yeah, good. No, well, it, but it's, they say that in the spirit, all five senses, all there, right? Yeah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there's something too that happens in your brain through certain senses. Mm. I'm going to pass this one to you and you're going to touch it and smell it. And then you're going to go, oh, I'm in. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Is this> happening. <laughs> now, now, when you Sweet smelling now, aroma. Feel that. Isn't that just a, an amazing feeling Bible? That's luscious. It is. Yes. I just like move it. It's mm. supple. Now smell yes. it. Smell it. Okay. Ah, right? Mm. That's good. 
Oh, wow. Um, okay. Give it a little, like, I can get right? used to that. <laughs> I know, I know. See, you know, I just love holding the word. Am I studying to preach? No, I just love having it in my hand. I love having it with me. I love the way the pages feel. Mm. How you can read it for years or decades and the, the Lord can still yeah. speak to you. Absolutely. One random day, whip out that yeah. glorious smelling Bible. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. this was in here the whole time. Yeah. I've read it hundreds yeah. of times. Exactly. But now yeah. you're yeah. speaking to me. And so when I go fly fishing with my with my boys or my 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 good friends, um, you know, we, we we love the the journey and the experience. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, we just love that. And so you get something new and your friend goes, oh, did you bring it? Let me touch it. There's a, oh, it smells so great. It's it's so good. It's so good. It uh, doesn't have the same effect when you smell a, the cell phone version. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Did you want to? Kind of benign. One more I, need, I need one yeah, more. One more. With. <laughs> one more. <laughs> but, but so, yeah, it, it's great. Yeah. Uh, maybe about 15 years ago, I started buying a lot of Bibles too. I think I might have 30 of them or so in my library, but just different translations. Sure. I would order them online. And for a while, I was bringing them up through the U.S. I would mm. bring them up to a mailbox there. And Smart. I remember one time going up to a border guard booth. Yeah. And he looked at me, you're bringing Bible? <laughs> How many Bibles do you have? And I was like, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30. <laughs> How many Bibles do you need? Yeah, 40. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> Did you ask him if he wanted to smell one? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. They would have pulled you in. All right, buddy. <laughs> That's it. Now, he was in the car. <laughs> he was somewhat horrified that I was bringing Bibles across the border. I kind of felt like the smuggler. Smuggler, God yeah. smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Andrew, there we go. Brother Andrew. Right. Yeah. Talking about borders and whatnot and what they ask you about. I have a vial of oil, anointing oil, on my keychain. Mm. And so it's the only thing I get asked about at the border. They ask you, know, you about your vial of oil. Yeah, well, because you pull it out when, you, when you're going through the airport. Oh, okay, you know, And you yes. put on, then they go, what's that? Mm. And I go, oh, it's my anointing oil. Would you like some? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Those of you that don't know that are listening, Steve <laughs> buys these vials of oil, and you give them to people. So Steve gave me one years ago. I have one on my keychain as yeah, well. Like that. Yeah. Just looks like that. Well, do you want to smell it too? I do. Okay. Yeah. So all of us that have spent time with Steve have a little oil. Vial. Vial. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I added some, some fragrance to it, because when you're blessing children, I let them smell it first. Okay. And they just are attracted to the aroma. And then they let you anoint them. Mm. Is there anything better? Mm. You know? So there is a problem with that. Oh. Let me tell you what it is. Okay. One time I was working on somebody's house because I was doing a reno, and I felt that I was supposed to anoint doorposts in their house with oil. This was a house of people that didn't really believe in, in God, and I, I just wanted to leave a, a presence there. Mm. So I just prayed over things. I prayed over their house as I was working. I took my oil, and I, I was going to just anoint over the door. And it dropped out of my hand, and it spilled all over the floor. He got the yeah. full treatment. The house was filled. It was the, filled with, with the, the aroma, <laughs> just like Mary. <laughs> so you have fragrance on your oil. It's all good, unless you spill it all over the floor. I could not get rid of the smell. Busted. <laughs> I was so busted. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. I tried to wipe it up. Oh, no way. Wow. There's no getting rid of it. <laughs> 
one of the things about the oil for me, a friend of ours wrote a book, Authority to Heal, years ago. And I said, Lord, what authority do I have? And he says, oh, you have the authority to bless. Mm. He says, when you bless, it breaks the curse. Mm-hmm. And when you bless, you're putting my name over people. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the Bible times, you read the stories of, you know, Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau, that the power of the blessing wasn't seen. And Isaac died, mm-hmm. and the power of the blessing was seen years later. And it's actually recorded in Hebrews 11. In the message translation, it says that Isaac reached into the future and blessed his sons. Mm. And so he, he was, you, you were blessing the day they hadn't arrived at yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know, why I carry the oil. It's to bring a blessing of a father mm-hmm. everywhere I go. And it takes on different manifestations in different places. You know, it could be for healing. It could be just for breaking a curse off someone or casting a demon out. I, I, you don't need the oil, but it, it, it almost helps those receiving. Mm. When you read the, the scriptures and you realize that Aaron only had two things to do as a priest, take care of the tools of the house and then speak a blessing over the people. And that's where we find the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, you know, yeah. and give you peace. And then the next verse says, and in doing so, you place my name over the people. Wow. Mm. And you go, oh, mm. let's do that. Yeah. yeah. And and so my faith isn't in the oil, it's in the blessing yeah. that yeah. comes with that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there you go. You get your own. <laughs> I do? Yeah. Oh, thank you. That awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I am so blessed. Yeah. The power of blessing is more than we really understand mm-hmm. uh, because it does break the lie and the curse. And you really don't know the extent of the trauma they've been through mm-hmm. where a blessing could actually break that line. And you can turn that around completely because, you know, you look at when Jacob and Esau, Jacob was called the deceiver, and Esau sold his birthright. And so Jacob asks for a blessing, gets the blessing, and leaves. And then his brother comes in, wants the blessing. It's been stolen or taken from him. Yeah, nothing left. And and so he says, but he says this, oh, dad, I need a blessing. I'll take anything. He goes, you'll serve your brother and you'll (laughs) toil in the land forever. (laughs) You said you'd take anything. (laughs) Yeah. So the story goes on. And after he, you know, Isaac dies, Jacob is still a deceiver. He hears that Esau is coming with 400 men and he goes, oh no, I better divide my family because he's out for revenge and murder. Mm. So he hides his family behind the hill there. And he's got, you know, his wife and part of his family in view. Sends gold and money and camels. And Esau goes, what's all this? And he goes, well, it's a gift from your brother. And he goes, I don't need it. I have just as much. Mm. In the end, the father blessed both of those brothers. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we live in that same story, you know, Isaac and Ishmael or Mm -hmm. Jacob and Esau. And we live with that all the way through where you find in the New Testament, Jews and Gentiles. It's like, well, there's a blessing for all. Yeah. Yeah. The first words that landed on human ears, be blessed. Mm -hmm. Such a powerful statement. Like you say, when you bless somebody, you empower them to succeed and to Mm -hmm. prosper and you empower them to be under the hand of that blessing. Absolutely. It, and it's not that we're, we may agree with their current behavior. Yeah. It's we're believing for a day 
where something will be transformed in their life. Um, what a hope. That it's, it's like a blessing is a prophetic declaration. It goes into the future and it brings forward mm-hmm. things that aren't even manifesting in their lives yet. And it brings them into focus yeah. and into play. Imagine the Father in heaven thinking, I'm going to send Jesus and it's going to bless the nations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to restore them to my heart. Mm. And, you know, they're going to become the people I originally intended them to be before the creation of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's our dad. Yeah. The world will only bestow a blessing as a reward. It's based on, well, if you do well, I'll bless you. Right. But that's not the scriptures. He loved us while we were sinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like love those who curse you, bless those who mistreat you, right? Like the like that shocks people. Like I was just like a jerk to you. <laughs> Why are you blessing me or being yeah. kind to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My uncle was visiting from Iceland and when he came through the border, the guard was a little harsh, you know, in their sure. demeanor. And he just looks at her when she's all done her work and just, God bless you. And it rattled her in such a good way. Like her whole demeanor changed. Mm. First, it was just shock, like what? But then it was like she was receiving something that was was shocking her in a whole other way. Just God was doing something. (laughs) Yeah, it's a powerful thing. Here's your passport. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to be tough. (laughs) What did you do to me? I was in Reading at uh, at Bethel Church, and I was sitting in the back on the bleachers, and the end of the service came, and I didn't really realize that Bill is kind of a traditional pastor. He goes to the back, and he greets people as they leave the church. He went to the door right beside us, and we were all kind of in a line, and, you know, here we were. I was like five, six people away from him, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I'm going to meet Bill Johnson. Mm. It came my turn, and I shook his hand, and I said, Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was all that would come out. <laughs> like, what did I just say? <laughs> I just blessed Bill Johnson. <laughs> I'm glad just, that came out. It just yeah. blurted out. It's, I don't know why. And he said, thank you. <laughs> went on. It was yeah. just, uh, it was kind of moment. It was funny. I was nervous. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gave you the words you needed. He did in give me moment. the words. <laughs> Somehow that's what came out. Steve, I have a question for you. Sure. Our heart on Let's Go Up is to hear what the Father is saying. And every week when we come to a podcast, we go before him and we ask him, so Father, what are you saying this week? And we go with that. Mm -hmm. So my question to you would be, what do you hear the Father saying? I know that you are really diligent about being with him every morning writing down your thoughts. Uh, I think you told me earlier that you go to the Father every morning and you say, so Father, what are you, or what are we talking about? How do you say that again? I, well, in my morning time, yeah. I'll usually start my journaling, you know, what's on your heart? What's on your heart today? What's on my heart? What's on your yeah. heart? What's on your heart? Yeah. And so yesterday, you know, woke up and, you know, I get my coffee and my nice smelly Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I, in my journal, so I just wrote, you know, Father, what's what's on your heart? What's on your mind? Right. I use those two words. It's become an ingrained part of my language. What's on your heart and on your mind? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you explain the two, the difference sure. between the two? Sure. Yeah. It's a biblical term. Okay. What's on your heart, what's on your mind comes from 1 Samuel 2. Okay. Which is the story of Samuel, the prophet, the boy, and the house of Eli, the church, was a mess. Mm-hmm. 
and his boys were a mess. And it says that the word of the Lord was uncommon, it was rare. rare. And yet the ark was there. And so, but but in that, Hannah is barren. Mm -hmm. And so she's crying out to God. And even though the word of the Lord was rare, the prophet said, whatever you're hoping for, you be granted. Mm -hmm. And she has a child. And you go, even in the mess, God still proves himself. You know, don't judge by what you see or what you hear. That's why, like your show, Let's Go Up. Let's Go Up. The father says, you know, you need to fly at 40,000 feet. Mm-hmm. I'm not limited by the way the church is. It, that's not what's valuable here. What's valuable is my voice. Mm. I've learned this. God loves, like he's attracted by barrenness and impossible situations. Mm. He just is. Whether it's Hannah or you go all the way to the New Testament, Zechariah and Elizabeth are barren. And after 400 years of silence, God answers the barrenness and brings John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and then Jesus. Yeah. So in that story, God says to Eli, he says this in 1 Samuel 2, I will raise up a faithful priest for myself who will do everything according to what is on my heart and on my mind. Okay. And his throne will be secure, and he will serve my anointed forever. In reading that, I went, I want to be a faithful priest. Mm-hmm. In order to be faithful, I need to do everything according to your heart and your mind. So tell me what's on your heart. <laughs> and when I get his heart for something, then I ask, what does that look like? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? Okay. So yesterday I'm writing, what's on your heart? And he goes, humility's on my heart, Steve. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay, well, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? What do you, and then he tells me what's on his mind, mm-hmm. what he's thinking about humility. Wow. And so in my prayer time and he would he would help me understand yesterday with different situations that I'm involved in he took me to first kings with solomon solomon had a dream and in the dream he's talking to the lord and the lord he says solomon what would you like and he said can you give me a discerning heart mm-hmm. so that i can judge the people well so the lord goes oh how humble you didn't ask for get rid of my enemies. You didn't ask for money. Mm -hmm. You didn't ask for long life. You didn't ask anything for yourself. You wanted to know, how do I govern the people well? Now there's humility. And it wasn't, oh, I'm humbling myself. It's, I don't know how to do this. Mm. I need your help. And that's part of humility too. God, this is, I'm in way over my head on this. Mm. Realizing it's not even about Mm self-preservation because that's not humility. That's pride. He helped me understand different situations that I'm involved in where I need wisdom. I'm in over my head on everything. <laughs> and so I, I, I just want to know what's on his heart Yeah, that way. Yeah, he has the full picture to like admit that to yourself and to him. Mm-hmm. Like You have the whole picture. I yeah. don't. I see this circumstance. I see this person, oh. but you see all of it. Yeah. So I want to yeah. go where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we know in part and we see in part he has the full picture. We need to come up to that level. And like you said, fly at 40,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just explain that because it's a term I'm using lately. I want to fly at 40,000 feet where I get the bigger picture. If I, if I fly at 20,000, often I can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And I get caught up in the cause and the effect and, and I want his perspective mm. of things. That's why I ask, what's on your heart mm. and 
What's on your mind? What are you thinking about this? I want to be faithful to you. You know, it goes back to Jesus where he said, I only do what the father does. I only say what he says. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Talk about humility. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And when we see these things in the scrumptious, savory smelling word, (laughs) when we smell the sweet smelling aroma and it seems impossible what he's saying to us. To just humble ourselves and say, I, I believe you, even though I don't understand it, I don't see it right now, but you say that I can live this way. You say that I can have this kind of relationship yeah. with you. There is a humility in that in just believing him oh. and saying, I can go higher. I can be at 40,000 feet, <laughs> I, you know, my little yeah. plane. <laughs> yeah. For me, sometimes the 40,000 feet, as it says in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, not my peace. Not what I find peace from, not if I have peace, it's the peace of God. Yeah. So where he lives, understand you're not bothered by this. Why am I bothered by it? Yeah. You know, like complete change in perspective, like get me up there. You know, Dean, you and I have talked about this a little bit. You know, people used to say, Oh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Mm. And really it's if I'm not heavenly minded, I'm no earthly good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem not. down here. <laughs> well, it is. But flying at at 40,000, getting the bigger picture, realigns my heart to hope, Mm -hmm. realizing it's not what I see, it's who I know. Whoa, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a mic drop. So good. So good. That's all we need to do right there. There you go. Okay. What I've learned over the years, and I'm still in that process of transformation, is the end goal is likeness. Mm, yeah. Do I look like him? Yeah. Do I sound like him? Yeah. And more importantly to me, do I think like he does? Mm. Mm-hmm. When you walk by, does someone get a whiff of that off of you? Yeah. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like like this alone is just paper and leather, yeah. you know. The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. There's a really exceptional preacher out there on the internet. And and he says, you know, when you squeeze an orange, what do you hope to get? Orange juice. (laughs) When you squeeze a Christian, what do you hope to get? (laughs) Christ. Boom. That's the goal, right? I was just hoping you weren't going to say Christian juice. (laughs) Yeah, no. But, But that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, here's a, here's a, here's a rabbit That's trail. So I, was, you know, I was in a Christian bookstore the other day um, because I went into sniff Bibles. <laughs> and, uh, You're gonna be on their wall of in, like suspicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked in and they said, "Can we help you?" I said, "No, I'm just a Bible sniffer." You have a <laughs> whole wall of them back here. Security That's camera. Right. <laughs> That's right. Scan, please scan and yeah, record yeah. Bible section. So anyway, but but I, I as we were walking out, we were walking past and there were some Jesus sandals. I went. They actually have Jesus slippers. You know, they leave little crosses in the sand as you walk. And I went, okay, "Okay, we're not buying those. I was like, wait, what are Jesus said? Did they figure out the size of his feet? What's going on? It's like, no, we're not buying those. (laughs) Crosses in the sand. Actually make those, Mm. you know. But but that's when, when, if your goal is likeness, you want to be with him. Mm. If you want to use that term, let's go up. Mm -hmm. It's really, let's be with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm And I want the word to not just rub off on me. I want to become it. Yeah, that's like so, the main so, point, right? The transformation yeah. into his likeness. And yeah. So that's how I do my journaling in the morning. I say, you know, what's on your heart? What I realize is he wants to tell me things on his heart. 
and uh, I had an encounter last year and I was getting ready for our national gathering. Our theme was the word more. And so I made the mistake of putting earbuds in and listening to a worship song that said, where you go, I go, what you say, I say, (laughs) you know, and I go, oh, Jesus, I'm so hungry for you. I'm so hungry for more of you. And he goes, actually, I'm allowing you to experience my hunger for you. And I went, oh, Mm. you are so hungry. I can't believe how hungry you are. Mm. And it shifted something in me where I went, how do I satisfy your hunger? People ask, you know, they say, Lord, we want more of you. He says, yeah, well, I'm coming to the earth. I want more of you. Wow. I had a similar Mm. conversation with somebody just a couple of weeks ago. We use the word encounter, and we talk about encountering the Father or encountering Jesus. This person had a dream. Somehow they were in a vehicle, and I think Jesus was driving them around in the vehicle, and and they had a ton of fun with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the dream... Jesus turned to this person and said, you are my favorite encounter. Mm. We talk about encountering him, but he wants to encounter us in the same way. He's as hungry for us as we are for him. He's the bridegroom. His desire burns for us as strongly as our desire burns for him, or even stronger. I would say stronger. You're right, exponentially strong. So much so that the the father... lover, yeah great desire for us was that he sent his son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the ultimate hunger. Mm-hmm. But when we turn that around and we think how great his desire is for us, that yeah. changes everything. Yeah. What did he say? You know, Jesus, are you hungry? He says, well, m- my food is to do his will. When I do his will, I'm feeding him. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, when you go back to First Samuel, he says, I'm going to raise up a priest for myself, not for you, for me. Because mm-hmm. the whole goal is minister to me, Yeah. Mm-hmm. meet my needs. Yeah. And we've got the church sometimes backwards where we're going, we want Jesus to meet our needs. Mm. Yeah. And he will, mm-hmm. you know, and he loves the reciprocal part where he does something for us and we are overwhelmed and respond back and that feeds him. Mm-hmm. You know, but I he, remember you telling me about a scripture where the master eats the first. The master eats first, yeah. Jesus spoke that in the I think it's in the Gospel of Luke. He told that yeah. parable about a master sits down and eats first. And then after the master's eaten, then we get to eat. And it goes even further where he says, you know, draw my bath too. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Do all of that. And then you can come. Mm. That's right. Actually, With bubbles, right? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all out. Some Epsom salts. We're going. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there somewhere where um, he says something about us being the inheritance of Jesus? I think the scripture you might be talking about is it says the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Yeah, that's the one. I knew I knew one of you brains would know it. That's one of the Ephesians prayers. His inheritance is in the saints. So is he getting what he paid for? Living this life up with him, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, going there, mm-hmm. humbling ourselves enough yeah. to believe that mm-hmm. he wants this for us imitate Christ, yeah. you know, follow me this way. He didn't consider himself. He took the form of a servant and yeah. humbled himself. And we think that that's a base and low, mm-hmm. but it's actually he emptied himself. Mm-hmm. We talk about it, I do, amongst our friends in, when we minister, when we go out on a ministry trip, we say, now we're not investing in people, we're emptying ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
because an investment means I'm looking for a return. Yeah. Christ just did it to please the Father, mm-hmm. and so he emptied himself. Yeah. You know, we're not looking for a return. Yeah. Well, you had such a strong revelation in that where it was Jesus' love mm-hmm. for the Father. Yeah. 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 yeah, Jesus and the Father were so tight that the Father would show Jesus secrets when he came to him in his quiet time. He would share with him what was on his heart, and then Jesus would go and do those things. Jesus would say to the Father, what's on your mind? And the Father would tell him what's on his mind, and Jesus would go and say those things. Mm -hmm. He had such a tight relationship with the Father, and he cultivated that relationship over the years that he was here on the earth to the place where it became the pillar of love that brought a redemption in the end. And, And that's really when you look at the two covenants in Scripture, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the New Covenant is a redemptive act that restores us to that place of relationship with the Father as sons and daughters, where we're not just following rules, mm-hmm. we're following the voice. And that's what Jesus did. The law had its purpose, but I'm introducing to you a way of life yeah. where I'm talking to him and he's talking to me. Here's Joshua, you know, about to lead the children of Israel. He's a real type of Christ, but the new covenant, because he only did what God told Moses to do. Now he was having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy part is, it's like, so what's the plan, Jesus? Yeah. You know? Just, mm-hmm. And Jesus goes, well, let's take the ridiculous plan. It worked last time. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's cross the Jordan at flood season. Let's circumcise ourselves and be vulnerable to our enemies. And then let's take the city by singing. Perfect. 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 Love it. But but you see, the, the crazy part about it, that is if they weren't attentive to the voice in everything, it would be disaster. Yeah. You know, and that's, so that's why you, you go all the way back to the narrative of Samuel, where he says, Samuel will be a priest unto me mm-hmm. and he'll do everything that according to what's on my heart and mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at the prophetic, prophecy is speaking on behalf of another. Are we really listening for what's on his heart mm-hmm. and then what's on his mind? Yeah. Not hoping that God will come and do something for us, but it's all for him. Mm-hmm. It's all about the kingdom. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I have one more question for you, Steve. Sure. If there were one 40,000 level thing that you heard the Father saying right now, I mean, we all have different kind of anointings. Some are regional, some are, you know, city, but but I see you as at least national or even international in your scope. So when you're up there, what is the Father saying to his people right now? If you were listening for the sound from heaven, what do you feel like it would be? Do you hear sound? Yeah. Did you it, put language to it? That's a big question, well, I know. Well, it, it's, it's a broad brush. Very broad brush, right. yeah. I was always raised in the concept that when God speaks, he speaks like rain, never out of a spigot. Mm. So the word of the Lord doesn't just come to one person and and it's for the world. His voice is like the sound of many waters. Many waters, exactly. And so anytime you listen for, you know, or you ask the question, what is God saying in the earth? You can determine that by what is the sound of God and what is he actually saying all over the place? Mm. Given that as you listen and you watch, He'll say certain things to me, mm-hmm. and then I'll listen. Am I hearing that in different places? Are you hearing that yeah. coming back to like, you from exactly. other places? Yeah. yeah, like you know, the other day, a month ago or something, I heard a speaker preaching, and I said to my wife, I said, oh, he sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you realize, well, it's not his truth, and it's not my truth. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And God is visiting the earth that way. Yeah. 
so I listen for those kind of things. Yeah, for the sound. For the sound of yeah. God. So one of the things I'm hearing, because he spoke it to me, and then I'm watching for it. The beauty for me isn't, oh, I said it. It's, I heard it. And he came to my house, and so I, he wants me to walk in that. And so uh, the joy that I have is when others hear it and I go, ah, your joy is being fulfilled because they're hearing it too. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference in that in the earth where some hear a word and want to be the first to declare it and say it's them. And you go, hmm. So it goes back to two things. One, I'm hearing very clearly that something's on his heart. And then what's on your mind? What, What do you want it to look like? And sometimes he's very content to just tell us what's on his heart first. Mm-hmm. And we want to jump right away into action mode. <laughs> right. And so I heard, I'm brooding over the earth. Mm-hmm. Don't get above my brooding. Don't be quick to move because when I brood, I'm in creative mode. Right. You know, it says the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep yeah. and he created. Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm creating and I want to create new wineskins. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so right away we're going, well, what does that look like? Right. What's on your mind? All right. Yeah, That's... exactly. And the father say no. And, Let's and create a new wineskin. Well, exactly. Here. <laughs> right. And I was I was at a town in in Canada and uh, I was getting ready to speak that morning at a church and the Lord said, Hey, let's let's talk at 3 a.m. And I go, mm. you know, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, you have my here we go. Half attention. <laughs> uh, so but he just said, you know, there's a book in the side cupboard, pull it out and read it. And it was Anne of Green Gables. So I pull it out and I read the first three chapters. Uh, in the story, they were looking, um, Matthew and Marilla, brother and sister, were getting older. And so they were wondering, how do we maintain the farm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, well, we'll go to the orphanage and get a little boy who we can train that is old enough to be able to push a wheelbarrow, but still moldable in his character. Mm. So they order a boy. (laughs) And Matthew goes to the train station, and it's not a boy, it's a girl. (laughs) And not just any girl, it's Anne Shirley, Anne with an E, (laughs) with attitude. The E is attitude. Scrawny, string bean little. But attitude and strong-willed. But she's this dreamer, hoper, I'm an orphan, I'm looking for a home. Mm. And I've always had the picture in my mind of what a great home would be. And the earth is crying out for that. They get a girl, they want to send the girl back because it's not what they think they need. Mm -hmm. And yet they keep her and it wasn't what they needed. It's what they really needed in their hearts Mm -hmm. where they couldn't have lived without her. Didn't help the farm do any better, (laughs) but it did something to them. And the father said, the body of Christ is trying to figure out how to maintain itself. It's looking for a boy mm-hmm. and is ordering a boy and I'm going to send it a girl and it's mm-hmm. going to upset the apple cart, <laughs> but it's going to be everything they've wanted. Mm-hmm. It's going to change them and their community. Mm-hmm. and um, Everything they didn't even know they needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm watching that in my my time. I'm going, because some people then say, well, if it's a new wineskin, well then show us or tell us what it's like, what's the strategy? And it's like, I can't. Because, you know, they didn't even know what they needed. All we know is we just have to follow what the Father's doing and saying. I get a word for the year every year, and my word for the year in 2023 is the beacons are lit. Mm -hmm. And it comes from the story of the Lord of the Rings where 
The oh, city yes, up on the hill, the, the city. Yeah, so the city Gondor is under siege, yeah. and it can't defend itself. You know, in the story, you know, the beacons call across the nations, yeah. everybody come and help the city. And mm-hmm. in that movie, you know, for me, Gondor is like Zion. Mm-hmm. There's a steward on the throne that isn't the rightful king, and many in the body of Christ, there's just stewards. You know, and they're not taking care of the kingdom well. So the beacons were lit and help comes. And the Lord just said to me, I'm lighting beacons all over. I'm declaring a sound. And and this is the key of it. They weren't summoned because of the cause. They had to be summoned in their heart to more than just the cause. There's a, a line that Gimli says in one of the battles, and he says, overwhelming odds, certainty of death. What are we waiting for? <laughs> well, that's yeah. that, you know, it sounds reckless, yeah. you know, ludicrous. And yet the affection he had with those he was fighting with took him beyond the cause. Mm. It's like we're fighting together. So it's not what we're doing, it's who we're doing it with. Yeah. And so when the beacons were lit, it was we're not just responding to Gondor's need, we're responding to this is us. Mm-hmm. And we're fighting for our friends. Mm. We're fighting for our families. Mm. And, I, and I find recently what I'm watching is there is a lot of cause-driven motion in the body of Christ. Yeah. People picking up causes. I'm not judging that. I'm just being aware, oh, that's, that's, mm. that's a cause. There's something greater coming. Mm. I don't know if does that, that answers your question yeah. or not. But I I'm, feel like the Father is knitting hearts together. Yeah that what's being done is being done out of kingdom, family, mm-hmm. and affection yeah. rather than cause. The mm-hmm. affection of our hearts, when we're joined together in that way, it overrides cause. Among our friends, we talk about, you know, affection is greater than agreement, alignment, or assignment. Mm-hmm. Because assignment is like, oh, well, this is our cause. And, and it's easy to... Um, jump onto a bandwagon and run and realize, oh, well, that didn't go anywhere (laughs) or didn't end the way we thought. And you realize, well, the more important thing is, you know, the affection we have together. Mm -hmm. When you read the epistles and you read Paul writing from prison, they would say that the book of Philippians, it was Paul's most joyful book, but it's really his most affectionate book where he's talking about his, you know, his friends and those he loves. I think about you guys all the time and I can't come to you, but boy, if I could, I would. And so I'm going to send to you someone who's just like my heart. Mm. So I'm going to send Timothy to you. Mm. And, you know, when you do embrace him like you would embrace me, rather than trying to bring unity through, you know, our visibility because we're one, I'm ecumenical, not for a reason. It's because he is. He loves the body. It, you know, to the me, the kingdom, there's no fence, there's no barbed wire, there's no rails, it's open range. Mm. Let's walk this out together and share. And it's just, it, to me, it's glorious and beautiful. And so, you know, it, he leads me into all those places then with uh, other with believers, relationships. with relationships. Yeah. Relationships yeah. that we are blessed to be part of here yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. If there was one thing you could leave us with, a parting thought from the heart of the Father, what yeah. would it be? It would have to come back to, I'm really quite stuck on First Samuel. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're quite stuck on your... On my Bible. On your Bible. <laughs> it's in there. Yeah. You know, again, what's on your heart and your mind? I just heard these words, unto him. As a teenager, the church we were, we were all part of at the time, 
they had back in the days, you know, they used to make these huge rollout banners, you know, and there was one at the front of the church across the front, and it just said, Genesis 49, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, are you really doing this unto him? Mm-hmm. You know, double-sided coin. My desire is to do everything unto him. Mm-hmm. The flip side is, did he ask you to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Jesus did. He said, you know, Father, I'm doing this for you, mm-hmm. unto you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when the motive is love, it's not this chore, yeah. joyfully. Yeah. Do yeah. it unto yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to remember from now on what's on your heart, what's on your mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when he tells us what's on his heart, let's not make a system out of it or jump immediately, jump immediately ahead. Yeah, of him. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And not getting so caught up in what everyone else or the majority is doing. Was it John and Peter that were kind of? He was. Jesus says, "What is it to yep. you if John lives until I return?" Yeah, Peter and John. Yeah. You follow, follow me. me. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, but all the whole church is doing this. What is it to you? Yeah. You know what I said to you. Yeah. What I have for him, I have for yeah. him. You follow me. Yeah. And part of that too, I know we're ending here, but um, faith isn't risk, it's trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've learned that one very deeply. Wow. And I still am because faith risk is very. risk, it's trust. Yeah, risk is very calculated and it's, I'm still trying to protect myself. Yeah. So when he speaks to me, if even if it's unreasonable, I'm trusting him because I don't know what the outcome will look like. And we want to still have that control of the outcome. And even in timing, you know, like we say it this way, sometimes the prophetic community goes, God is this God of suddenlies. And I go, well, do you really believe that? That means you can wait and then he can move suddenly and change everything. Yeah. But we want him to do the suddenly, and we want it in our timeline. Yeah. Right. Because I'm, I'm realizing he's showing me his heart, and he wants me to get the bigger perspective of his heart, mm-hmm. not just the immediate, oh, you're speaking like rain over the earth. You're showing your heart all over the place. It's so fatherly. Like, it's such it a fatherly way yeah. to interact with us. Because, yes. like, you know, a teacher or a boss, like, it's kind of like, all right, get this. But a father will make sure that you get it in the healthy way, yeah. long term. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking of the scripture where it starts by saying the Holy Spirit will search the heart of the Father and bring those things to us spirit to spirit. And then at the very end of those verses, he says, but you have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. It starts with the heart first. (laughs) The Holy Spirit searches that massive heart. When we say, Father, what's on your heart? The Holy Spirit goes to work. Yeah. Are you ready for this, Dean? Yeah. Yeah. And and he yeah. searches and he brings that heart mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end, and then we have his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So profound, Steve. Oh, yeah, it, it's wonderful. Oh, thank you and, so and, much for coming you today. Just, it's just, just got to be careful. You don't go for his mind first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Brought a whole a whole new understanding of that to me yeah. here today. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's kind of fun, isn't it? A revelation. All that from a Bible sniffer. There you go. <laughs> Don't write off the Bible sniffers too soon, okay? That's right. That's great. Thanks so much for being uh, with us today, yeah. Steve. It's fun. It's Taking great. Taking the time. It's, this is the way. Yeah. It's who we are. Friends having conversations. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. So thanks for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you in a week's time. Have an awesome week, everyone. Yeah, bye. Bye.